Appreciate the singing this morning. What a blessing it is just to be in the house of the Lord today. Kind of cool on the outside, but I'm glad that uh, we were able to uh, be in a good, uh, comfortable building. Uh, if you were here last week, you remember I started a series of messages on now that I'm on my way home. Did a little more research this week uh, concerning this series of messages and where they came from and how I got them. And I look back and it was probably somewhere around 1973 or 74. And the reason that this all came about, uh, Mary and I were in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, uh, Land of the Sky Jubilee. We'd go every year for several years there. And this year, a man by the name of uh, Brother Mays Jackson was there. If you've ever been on the road much, you've picked him up on the radio, on Truck Driver Special. Uh, he preached for years on that. Somehow another Brother Mays came in that day and forgot his Bible. He had picked up his son's Bible on the way to the church. And... Brother Mays opened the flyleaf of the Bible, and his son had wrote in the Bible, some people call it heaven, but I call it home. Another man was there by the name of uh, Squire Parsons. You may have heard of him. He was there that day, and he picked up on that. And if you know, he went away and wrote a song about that, and still being sung today, so last week I preached on now that I'm on my way home, uh, now that I'm saved, hell is behind me. Uh, this week I'm going to look at now that I'm a servant, uh, hard work is before me. Uh, and in the Gospel of John, chapter number 12, uh, verse number 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Pray with me. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the songs. We've already heard the message in those. And I pray today, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. Uh, we realize that we're just a servant. Uh, and there's much to be done. Pray that you would guide our footsteps today. Guide my lips of clay. Speak through me today. Keep my voice strong. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As you look at this verse, uh, you will note here that everybody has a personal choice. Uh, you have to understand the difference between salvation by grace and the Lord and the matter of serving the Lord. And so we know that salvation brings us into the family of God, but service is something that you choose. God has never made anybody to be saved that doesn't want to be saved. Nobody will ever be made to go to heaven. God will never make anybody serve Him 
that does not want to serve Him. But it's His love that makes us have a desire in our hearts to serve Him. So I want us to look at the hard work that is before us, and I want us to think about His faithfulness. The Bible is clear in teaching us that we are pilgrims and that we are strangers on a journey. We're traveling through a strange land, a very difficult land that we're going through. The land that we're going through today has much hatred for a child of God. But during this time, we need to realize the presence of God. God has the power. God has the provisions. And God has promised us that He will never leave us, nor will He ever forsake us, but He will be with us even unto the end. Most Christians learn at a very young age that they have a purpose in life. And if your only purpose was for God to save you and you go to heaven, then it would have been better for God to have took you to heaven on the day that you got saved if you're not going to do something for Him in this walk of life. So He's left us here for a purpose. Many people have gifts. Many people have talents. And God wants you to use them to bring glory to His name. I believe that the Lord has given uh, the ability to, in, in many ways, uh, through our talents, through our gifts, whatever they may be, uh, all of them was to bring glory to His name. And if they can't bring glory to His name, then I don't think we need to be doing them. So note with me some of the ways He has desired uh, to make some things uh, clear for us. Uh, God is faithful in revealing His will. One of the most frequent questions uh, usually asked uh, by a young Christian, and that is, uh, how can I know God's will for my life? First of all, let me say, if God is calling you uh, to a ministry for Him, uh, He will give you the desire to do whatever it is uh, that He wants you to do. I know when I first got saved uh, and I felt the calling of God, uh, I desired to, to preach and teach the Word of God. Uh, even when I was listening to somebody else, I had that deep burning desire in my heart to proclaim the Word of truth uh, to a lost and dying world. Uh, it's something that just will not go away. Uh, I don't have a desire to sing in the choir. Some of you do. I trust that uh, not only do you sing in the choir, but maybe you probably sing some of these songs as you're going down the road, uh, maybe driving your automobile, and you're singing those songs. You've got a desire in your heart to sing uh, those songs. Um, so God gives us a desire, not a demand. And if you've got a burning desire... That will not go away, and that will set you up for the next step in your life, and that is, if God gives you the desire to do something, then He's going to give you directions for uh, your life. Uh, we may not always understand uh, why certain things uh, happen the way that they do, but usually uh, 
you can see the hand of God uh, in working in your life. Um, my biggest problem over the years is trying to help God out uh, when God really doesn't need my help. Uh, when God is doing some things in my life, I know it happened unto me. And Mary and I have talked about this in, in our past. Uh, after I left a church of 25 years of ministry, and, uh, I felt like that I needed to go to another church. And uh, it looked like possibly that we were going to go to that church. Doors were opening up. It was a good church. Uh, had uh, wonderful singing, good people that were there. And uh, we were getting excited about making the move and, and going to that church. But all of a sudden, everything shut down. All the doors closed. I run my lip out. I kind of got upset. And I didn't understand later why God shut the doors of that church, and I'm thankful that God did what He did. Not only will they be a desire, not only will God give us direction, but they will be a direct speaking from the Scriptures. Most of you know that I have a favorite passage of Scripture that is found in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, those first four verses there where it talks about preaching the Word, being instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuking, sort, with all long-suffering. And, 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 and it says, And there will come a time when man will not endure sound preachers. And you know where I got that. I got that in an ICU unit, uh, uh, running away from God. And so God will speak to you from the Scriptures uh, concerning the ministry that He's calling in you into. Uh, we don't want to walk in the path of uh, discouragement. He doesn't want you to walk in a path of discouragement. Uh, I think if it's a burden to, for a person to teach or to preach the Word of God, they don't need to be there. I think you have to have a desire to do that. Uh, same way with any other ministry. If you ever ask anybody, say, would you do this for me? Well, if you can't find nobody else, I'll do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. You've got to have that desire. Not only do you see His faithfulness, but you see His fields. The Lord is faithful in sending supplies from the Lord into the field wherever He places you. The field has to be plowed. The field has to be sowed. The field has to be gathered and um, it's, it's, there's a wonderful story that's found in the Old Testament uh, uh, in the little book of Ruth. And let me just share a few things uh, with you out of, out of the little book of Ruth. Uh, if, if Ruth does not get in the right field, now listen, if Ruth does not get in the right field when she gets back to her uh, Bethlehem Judah, you might as well tell the wise men not to make the journey to go find Jesus, because he's not going to be there. Notice what it says. Ruth chapter number 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, 
the name of the wife was Naomi, and the name of the two sons were Mahalon and Shilion, Ephronites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the country of Moab, and they remained there, or they stayed there for ten years. The last verse of Judges, chapter number 21, verses number 25, tells us why that Elimelech and Naomi left Bethlehem, Judah, and went to the land of Moab. It says there in the last verse, In those days there was no king in Israel, and every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. In other words, there was lawlessness in the land, and and there was corruption in the land. And so they decided that they would just get up and they would move. Do you realize every name in the Bible has a meaning? Let me show you what this means. They left Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of praise. They left Bethlehem, Judah. Judah is a, a, is a place of praise. Bethlehem means a house of bread. Judah means a place of praise. And then the Bible says, and they go to Moab. Do you know what Moab means? Psalm 60 verse 8 tells us uh, Moab is God's washpot. So Elimelech and Naomi leave the house of bread, a place of praise, and they go down to Moab for a place where God's going to wash them up and wash them out, and then He's going to wash them in. I don't know if any of you ever had an old wash pot in your backyard. I know when I was growing up, That was a Saturday deal of filling up the wash pot, building a fire around it, carrying the water back from there, putting it in a ringer-type washing machine, and you started with a good clean clothes, if it was such a thing. You washed that load, and then it kind of got dirtier and dirtier and dirtier until you washed the overalls and the jeans and stuff like that. And time you got done with it, the water was really dirty. In my house... Lots of nights when I get out of the shower or I get out of a six-foot tub and I'll say, thank you, God. It's not galvanized and I've had to crunch up to get into this thing. Yeah, that's what we had. So God here is telling us that these people left the house of bread and they uh, a place of praise uh, and they go into Moab, and it says that they were there about 10 years, and it says that Naomi heard that there was bread back in Bethlehem, and so she's going to decide that she's going to go back. And so she says unto Orpha, that's one of her daughter-in-laws, and the other daughter-in-law is Ruth, she says, best thing for you to do is to stay here in Moab. If you go with me back to Bethlehem, there are, there's no possibility that you're going to find any husbands back there. I'm too old to have any children, and if I were to have children, you're not going to wait till my children grows up that you can marry them and raise up a family. Best thing for you to do is just stay here in Moab. Orpha does, but Ruth says unto her, I'm going to go with you. 
Your people is going to be my people. Where you live, I'm going to live. Where you die, I'm going to die. Where you're buried, I'm going to be buried. So she goes back with her. And as they go back, we notice here that time has taken its toll upon Naomi. And when she gets back to this place that she come from, Bethlehem, Judah, somebody says, is that Naomi? Is that Naomi? And she says, call me not Naomi anymore. Call me Mara because God has dealt very bitterly with me for the last 10 years. I think time had taken its toll upon her. She would lost her husband. She lost both of her boys there in Moab. And she comes back and, and she comes back into a land and the people says, that don't look like Naomi. How many of you have gone back to a high school reunion lately? Anybody? The last one we went to, I thought I was going to a nursing home. <laughs> one thing about going back, fellas, uh, you can be glad some people you didn't marry. The law in that day was if a widow comes back to a land, she had the right to go glean in a field. She had the right to pick the field that she's going to go glean in. And so we note here that Ruth comes back and she goes down the road and just by our thoughts would say, well, she just landed up on this field. No, here's the providential care of God. God's going to guide her to the field, get her in the right place. And she's out there working in the field. And here this good-looking feller comes along on the scene. His name is Boaz. And he looks out over there, and his heart does a flutter. And he says, whose damsel is that that's working in the field? I hadn't seen her here before. It was love at first sight. And some of the servants said unto him, That's Ruth. That's the Moabite woman that Naomi brought out of Moab when she came back. Boaz said, You tell that other bunch of whippersnappers out there to leave her alone. Not for one of them to touch her or abuse her in any way. And tell her to drink water from the, uh, from the buckets that the young men have drawn uh, and let her eat at the table. Uh, but you tell them not to fool her because if they do, then they're going to have to deal with me. So we know here, it was, no, it was not an accident that Ruth wound up in the field of Boaz. She works all day. And Boaz has told the servant, says, says uh, you let her glean up there with the reapers. Uh, and you tell the reapers every once in a while, just drop handfuls on purpose. Uh, and when she got done that day uh, and she's ready to walk out of the field, uh, do you know how much grain she had to carry out of that field? Anybody here want to want to want to guess? Anybody here weigh around 80 pounds? 
Now, she's a little petite woman. How many of you petite women think you could carry 80 pounds? You weigh 80 pounds. Anybody want to pick her up? And you can see how much Ruth had to carry out of the field. And she carries that back. And Naomi said, where in the world have you been? And she says, oh, she says, you won't believe it. She says, I've gone down to this field by a man by the name of Boaz, uh, and he's just letting me gather, he's letting me get uh, grain right up there with the guys that's reaping. And I'm drinking out of their water buckets, and I'm eating their food, and, and, and all like that. So Boaz falls in love with Ruth. Long story short. They get married. And they have a, a child. They have a little boy. I call him Obi. His name's Obed. That don't mean nothing to you. Well, we know that um, they have a little boy named him Obed. And then Obed grows up and he gets married. And he has a little boy by the name of Jesse. Still not ringing a bell. Jesse grows up and he has a bunch of boys. And the youngest of them, the boys, is a boy by the name of David. So is it coming together? So if Ruth doesn't get in the right field and they don't have a little boy by the name of Obed, you're not going to have a boy by the name of Jesse. You're not going to have a boy by the name of David. You're not going to have a boy by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So it all fits together. God honors us by His faithfulness. And He sends us into the right fields uh, which can be reaped. Uh, and then there's a promise of fruit. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So for every servant that the Lord sends into the field to plow, to sow together, we will experience discouragement. I had not moved to this county very long until I wanted to move back from this county. I was pastoring a church and I never pastored a church like that. I was ready to go. But God wasn't ready. God wasn't ready. I think all of us have seen the testimonies of farmers, maybe out west or somewhere. They've got their crop planted and it comes a flood. Are they getting ready to gather their crops and a storm will come through that and tear everything down and they're heartbroken and, they're, and, and many times they'll say, well, uh, there's always another year. So many times uh, they are heartbroken and they're shedding tears of sorrow. Uh, uh, but who knows? Those tears of sorrow may be the Lord's way of watering the seed that has been sown in the field. 
Psalms chapter 126, many of you know it. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with them. For those of you that maybe say, well, I don't have a pastor's job or a preaching job or a teaching job or, or a very important job. When God gives you a desire and God gives you a direction and God speaks to you through a message or through the word of God, it's important to him. Absolutely. What's the most important class as far as Sunday school in this church? Nobody going to answer? What is it, Brian? What do you think? Adults? Young adults? Teenagers? The lowest on the totem pole that a lot of people would consider. The little ones. Because it's there that they find out who they are. They find out who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Uh, and so we realize there you're going to find the young people that's going to come out of that class. Uh, there you're going to find those people that are going to be pastors and missionaries and deacons uh, and other teachers out there in the class. Uh, so it's good that they're taught right. Remember what I said? Uh, if they're taught right, they'll walk right. And that's our problem today. So our fruit is His fruit, and it will remain. Paul says in Philippians 2 and 16, Rejoice in the days of Christ, that I'm not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So God honors us by His faithfulness, by sending us into His fields that are white unto harvest, that we might reap there. And then he gives us assurance uh, of the, the fruit that's going to remain. <clears throat> when I had my 50th anniversary out here, and here walked a man and a woman through the doors of, that, uh, of the fellowship hall, uh, and I recognized them right off the bat. Uh, I went to a little church up in the mountains, and here was a couple that came and they got saved. And they always remember uh, me preaching that message and them hearing the Word of God uh, and how that uh, they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. I'm always grateful to see people like that. So God honors those who serve Him in assuring us of a future. Let's look at this just for a moment. One day the trumpet will sound. The Savior will return. I noticed in the sign down at Antioch this morning, I went down to get John. Uh, normal, that's what I said, normal is not coming back. Normal is not coming back, but Jesus is. Normal is not coming back, but Jesus is. We refer to this as the blessed hope. As we studied in our Sunday class this morning, after He comes in the blessed hope, there is the judgment of God. 
There is a Bema. There's a place where you're going to find out whether or not you get anything for the glory of God, whether or not you built with gold or silver or precious stone, or whether you spent a ministry with wood, hay, and stubble. Because it says there that those things are going to be burned up. But those things that have uh, endured the fire is going to last and you're going to be judged. No saved person will stand at the great white throne judgment. The judgment that you stand before when Jesus comes in that blessed hope is not a judgment to see whether you're saved or lost. It's a judgment to see what you've done for the Lord Jesus Christ. At the judgment, many will be honored for their faithful service to the Lord. In heaven, there will be crowns. I believe there's about five different ones if you really want to look them up and see if maybe you're getting one. I don't know if you remember the commercial or not, but do you remember? Do you remember the commercial where they advertised? I believe it was Imperial Butter. Remember the crown that they had? And I've said a few times to my wife, I'm, I'm going to get me one of them. What is a crown for? Is it going to be a crown that you can wear and, and, and walk around and everybody see it and, and you say, look what I did. God gave me this. No. The crown will be for the purpose that when you see the Lord Jesus Christ and you bow at His feet and you take that crown and you cast it at His feet because He's worthy. We're not worthy to carry the crown. He's worthy to carry that crown. And so I say to you today, we'll praise Him for His redemption. John said in the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 9, and they sung a new song. Choir, sometimes y'all sing a new song that we have not heard Sometimes in singing that new song, you might not get it just exactly right. Maybe you don't do that, do you, Tommy? I mean, you know, do you mess up sometimes? John says they sung a new song. And the song says, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain. And thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nations. So, we'll praise him for his redemption. And then we'll praise him for his remarks. I don't know all that will be said. I know the word of God does say Welcome thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. For you've been faithful over these things. I'm going to make you in charge over all of these other things. I think everybody here that's saved going to heaven. You would like for the Lord to say, well done. Well done.
But as was stated in our Sunday school class this morning, some people are going to stand there and smell like they've been burnt, that they've been saved out of a uh, brush pile, burning brush pile. Everything's burned up. Everything's gone. I don't know what the Lord is going to say to me. But whatever he says, and for all the trials and all the tribulations and all that's there, it'll be worth it all. It'll be worth it all. And so there will be the presentation that God is going to give unto us in, in that day. John said, and he made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign with him forever. Now you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about getting saved. I'm talking about trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, becoming his servant working in whatever field He puts you into, reaping whatever God wants you to reap. You see, God puts men in different places. There's been pastors of this church in the past, and they have reaped from this community. Now God has got Pastor Scotty here in this church here, and Scotty will reap also out of this community much that needs to be reaped for God's glory. So are you saved? Are you, are you serving where God wants you to serve? Are you in the church that God wants you into? Would you pray with me? Father, now that we're on our way home, we've escaped the place called hell. We're in a place of service. So don't think that we can't serve you because we're not a pastor or a teacher or a preacher, but there's so much that needs to be done. Lord, there are the fields that are white unto harvest. And Lord, you, you're still calling. As you speak to people today, Lord, are you calling somebody here today? Have they heard the Word of God? Do they have a deep desire in their heart? Is some passage of Scripture that has kind of jumped out at them and says, this is, this is for you. So I pray today, Lord, I brought the message as simple as I knew how. Speak to our hearts. If there's one that's never been saved, as in any service, Lord Jesus, I pray that the Spirit of God will draw them and they'll come to trust Christ as personal Savior. All this I do pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? They sing an invitation song. If you have a need, you come. If you need me to pray, with you, I'll be right over here. Usually when people come to an altar, I let them work that out with God. But if you want me as a pastor to come and pray with you, I'll be more than glad to do that if you'll just come and ask. While they sing now.